Down to Business, sponsored by Flowgas. On the grid, off the grid. Flowgas is Ireland's only supplier of LPG and natural gas, wherever you are. So I began life as a journalist on a local newspaper, so I used to cover dog shows and uh, agricultural shows um, and golden weddings and all those things that young journalists have to do uh, before uh, progressing on to regional newspapers and then up to Westminster as a political journalist. Uh, where I had the amazing privilege of covering the dramatic events in British politics in the late, in the late 80s, uh, which included the, the titanic battle between Margaret Thatcher and her then-Chancellor Nigel Lawson, and then her own downfall in um, November of ni- 1990. So I remember standing behind the Speaker's chair in the House of Commons as the mem- each member of the Cabinet was called into her room uh, to give advice as to whether she should stay on. It was a most extraordinary moment. Uh, then we had the incredible election of 1992 that everyone thought John Major would lose, but in fact he stood on a, he stood on a box uh, with, a, with a megaphone and won it, uh, and that was extraordinary. And then um, uh, I was asked, um, honoured to be asked to become his press secretary in, in 1993, so I was with him in the last um, three, four years of his, of his premiership. Which you, is very interesting for the peace process. Yeah, and also, I suppose if you were there at the end or towards the end, that must have been a darkish period as well, because he was under a lot of pressure uh, towards the end of his career. He was under he was under massive massive pressure. The Conservative Party, people forget, had been in power for eighteen years. Um, they'd presided over uh, fantastic economic growth in the um, in, in the eighties, but there was a bad recession in the early in the early nineties. Uh, the party was very fractious. Surprise, surprise! It was completely split down the middle over Europe. Um, he could hardly um, move without being attacked from either the left or the right of his party. It was a very, very difficult time. And in 1997, rightly in my view, the country decided it was time for a change and they had a new shiny version called Tony Blair who was really a, a Tory and he dressed up in red clothes. And I suppose uh, every, I suppose, statesperson has their own people. Were you part of that shakeout then as well? If John Major went, you were automatically going. Oh, it's like any yeah. change, in administ- change in administration. Uh, at, least, at least we weren't fired over Twitter like all Trump's people are. Um, but we were, you know, we were given a payoff and asked to leave. And it was at that point I... Uh, decided to set up my own business, and uh, it was the best thing I ever did. Uh, working in working in politics makes you something of an expert in crisis communications, as you might imagine. Um, so that was a very very useful skill to bring to bear for for big corporate customers, and it's grown from there. It must be very interested. It's interesting for you, Charles, to have been listening to the debate about Europe for nigh on 30 years uh, and how that's sort of soared and troughed uh, and you know here we are again uh, with with Britain being forecast to leave the EU on March 29th uh, next year um, you probably being a Tory uh, you probably have a different view on John Major recently said uh, that he saw a customs union as the only possible solution do you agree with that or not? Well, um, I, I voted Remain. Um, I very much wanted us to remain in the European Union, but 17 million people uh, voted for us to leave the European Union. Um, and in a way, that was a legacy of 20 years of anti-European rhetoric and a complete failure on the part of politicians, perhaps with the honourable exception of John Major, to defend what the European Union stood for and the economic benefits that had flowed, that had flowed from it. So um, Theresa May has decided that um, uh, her interpretation of that vote, even though it wasn't on the ballot paper, 
uh, is that the UK should leave both the single market and the customs union, the emphasis being on the word the, um, and she's now trying to square the circle around the customs union, which is incredibly complicated. Major is amongst, uh, you know, a fairly large body of opinion in the, in the UK that feels that it, wouldn't it just be easier to stay in the customs union? Um, but if we did that, uh, we wouldn't then be able to trade freely with the rest of the world or cut bilateral trade deals, which is... Um, believed by those on the right of the party as being really quite an important part of the sort of post-Brexit settlement. Um, so it's really, it's really difficult for her because she, again, like John Major, is being attacked from the right and from the left um, and um, is trying to think through the really complex issue, particularly of the uh, Irish border over here, where we, I think, have rightly made a commitment that there, w- there won't be any infrastructure on the border, there won't be border checks. Um, uh, but, but that, uh, I'm afraid, that also extends to you know additional cameras, the use of technology, which would be viewed by the nationalists as an extension of the sort of surveillance state. So um, the one of the options which is under consideration is really quite a different one. I mean, not least because there are, I think, um, the Irish TD was saying to me last night, uh, there are 208 different ways, uh, north and south. Uh, There's probably more. There may, there may be more that we, don't even, that we don't even know about. And apparently one goes uh, over and immediately comes back again. Um, and the, uh, another minister was saying to me that um, there are, I think, 80 movements a day of livestock mm. uh, from the south to the north, um, you know, with all the uh, additional certification that would, that would go with that. So I think the maximum facilitation option, which is one of the options, I don't think is really a runner. And I understand the Northern Ireland office aren't fans of it. So what does this great customs partnership look like that um, you know increasingly the Irish government are coming around to thinking this is the only solution um, it would be um, it would involve the UK effectively collecting tariffs on behalf of goods that are coming into the UK but are destined for the for the European Union so there would be a bit of a tax collector which would be great for Irish business because it would mean there would be a free flow tariff free of goods just as it is now as long as the Irish business doesn't have to become the administrator yeah, well, I don't think in those circumstances the Irish business would become the administrator. In a way, the, 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 the earlier model I described would probably be more likely to put non-tariff burdens on business, particularly yeah. you know, the 80% of small businesses that shuttle backwards and forwards over the border. I mean, imagine what a nightmare it would be if you had to log in online you know, before, you, you, before you went to do your plumbing job in Belfast. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, would, that would really be quite complicated. Um, so the customs partnership is, in in my view, probably where uh, where we'll end up, um, and I think that the, those on the right of the Conservative Party will have to swallow a bit of pride over it. Let me ask you about the subject that you spoke to uh, the Retail Excellence audience about, which was opportunities in the UK for Irish retailers post Brexit. What, what do you believe those to be? Well. The, the UK economy, I think, will pick up post-Brexit. It's a bit sluggish at the moment, but I think it'll pick up. A lot of immigrant investors are waiting for that moment. Um, there's still 250,000 a year uh, net migration into the UK, so demand is good. Um, it, the Irish uh, brand, retail and food, is really strong in the UK. More than 50% of uh, consumers say that they want their, their food sourced from the UK or from Ireland. Um, and um, uh, lastly, I think that uh, while there is a lot of consolidation going on in the retail sector in the UK, uh, there are fantastic opportunities because whenever there's change, that brings opportunity for a really vibrant, uh, ideas-rich sector like the Irish retail sector. Finally, Charles, is there any part of you that's very fearful about 
the UK economy when, when, when effectively you're walking away from a huge marketplace uh, hoping to displace it uh, with other uh, markets that are further afield? Is there not a real sense that this could really go badly wrong for the UK? Interesting things are happening. Uh, f- firstly, the uh, percentage share of our exports to the European Union has fallen from 56% down to 47% just in the last three years. Um, secondly, I had uh, breakfast with a very leading Irish businessman this morning who was saying, uh, OK, so the European Union is a great economic area. China, uh, India is so where it's at. Um, and the export opportunities for the UK, not just in those, in you know, in those two countries, but in in Korea, in Indonesia, in in Australia, is is huge. Um, and again, even though I voted Remain, uh, I do accept the argument that uh, coming out of the coming out of the customs union as it was originally constructed will give us more flexibility. Charles Lewington, OBE, thank you very much for talking to me today. My pleasure. Thank you.